This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live and our phone lines are open. 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Welcome to Consignment Heroes. I'm Ben Mercer. The star of the show has found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, finding value that other people overlook. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. Paul Kenny, how are you? Doing great, even though it's cold out there, but it's warm inside some of these malls. What, what no, kind of week was it for you? Hey, I again, I went by these malls, and I see all the people in the parking lots and all this stuff, and I have to go back to my friends out in, um, in Southworks Antique Mall. I says, you, you get there's lots of space, lots of free parking, and lots of unique gifts and stuff, you know. And I, gets, I know I, I'm saying this now because I missed it last week because the show took off on us, and I didn't get a chance to mention my friends out there. But if you're really looking for a unique gift... Something that is kind of cool. And they've got everything from records to car parts. I mean, someone's a Star Wars, you know, the geek and the guy wants a Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it's Somebody, huge this weekend, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there was stuff out there. And they've got everything there. And like, or you can do the old trick that I do with my wife. When I need, when I don't know what to get her, I bring her kind of shopping and I wait to see what booth she stops at. You know what I mean? And smart, smart. Smart, smart. And then, but it didn't work one year. I mean, I thought she stopped at a booth with a bunch of chainsaws, and, and I wanted a chainsaw, but I didn't figure that. But I said, she wants one too. So we end up with two chainsaws at Christmas time. Very romantic. <laughs> How about that? No, a Christmas miracle. Well, you got to, you know, it says I didn't know she wanted one. And, but she bought me, <laughs> I bought her a lot nicer chainsaw than she bought me. I'll say Were that. Were they at least vintage chainsaws or just standard issue stuff? <laughs> No, they were hard to use. Yeah, no, no. These were standard stuff, you know. But it was just okay. one of, like I say, this is a plan. It doesn't always work that good. But they stop in a booth with a, a bunch of radios or, or different things. It gives you an idea what they pick up twice. They pick up. I have a rule. If they pick something up twice, that means they really want it. And that's a oh, rule. Oh, I see. You know, Wouldn't I, you worry that if you wander around and see where her interest is that she might be shopping for somebody else? Yes. And then you buy it for her, and she meant, oh, no, I meant to get that for you. This is a very dangerous thing, this game you're playing. Yes, yes. Well, no. Well, us guys are smarter than you think, eh? But I'm Fair just enough. Let me Let me give the numbers, or we'll get back to more to your week. Uh, let's just say uh, phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item that you'd like to know its actual real-time market value, maybe it's gold coins or gold jewelry or silver, uh, maybe it's an old watch that's been lying around, maybe it doesn't even work, and you're wondering if it has any value, fine china, baseball playing 
cards, hockey memorabilia, maybe an autograph from the 1960s. You're wondering how to get it authenticated and what its value might be. Uh, vintage advertising, gasoline signs, vintage toys, anything you might have uh, lying around your house. Maybe it's been in the family for generations. If you're curious about its value, maybe it's an old figurine from another country. Who knows? You can call in right now and find out about it and find out what it's worth and how to sell it for the top dollar. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll free. You can call 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. So, sorry, back to your week. So, you're okay. not done your shopping is what it sounds like to me. No, no, I just watched, well, I've driven by these parking lots, but I didn't, I didn't drive in there. I should also say that Southworks Antique Mall is in Cambridge. I keep, I keep on forgetting. I'm so excited, I forget to tell you where it is. But, no, no, I had a great week. We were talk- Remember last week we were talking about the comic books? And I know yeah, that's not everyone's... Yeah, uh, a big mess of comic books, yes. It ended up being approximately $140,000 worth of comic books that wow. someone had in a locker that they ended up getting 10000 for. Now, this is because it happened at auction. If, it, if I'd gone to someone's house and seen these exact same comic books, they would have gotten out of me probably between eighty-five dollars and $95,000. That's what I'm wow. saying. This stuff is in people's basements. And wait, what did you pick it up for, the collection? A, a little under 10000 Wow. Because so that's, no one would, that's bottom dollar, yeah. That's bottom dollar. That's why I say some people say, oh, I'm going to put it in an auction. But if you don't have the right two people at the auction, it's not going to get anywhere. And that's what part of what we do, Bogart and I, we tell people this is the best venue to get rid of, to, get, to move on your stuff. You might be, it might be through auction, it might be through consignment, it might be through direct sale, but we actually know what we're doing. If I had been that person, nothing against the auctioneer, the auctioneer's a great straight auctioneer, he did it right. But there wasn't the people in the room for the for the, how nice this stuff is. And people, like someone was in this week and said, I'm going to put my stuff through one of these online auctions. And I've seen her stuff. And I said, your stuff is good, too good for that. Right, and you have to make a market. This is, this is what it's all about, right? Yeah. You have to find that market, find two people interested, not somebody who goes, oh, I'll take $150,000 worth of comics off your hands. These are things that should be treasured if you find the yeah. right market. Yeah, but sometimes you can have too good. You have to you have to know what kind of stuff you have. Sometimes it's not very good, or it's just run of the run of the mill stuff. And you want to just you have to get rid of the stuff. You want to get rid of the house. You want to shrink down. You want it done as fast as possible. We can help you with that. But sometimes, if we have the luxury of time, we can get you more money, and that's kind of what you want. Whether you're going to donate it to a charity or whatever you do with that more money, we're not in charge of that. But we try and get you more money for the goods that you have. But And sometimes, like this person had, like I said, their stuff was too good to put in these auctions that started a dollar. Because it might, a $1,500 piece might start for $2 if it's described wrong. Yeah, and it might sell for $2, too. That would be another big fear. Yeah. So on, on top of, you guys have a store. It's at 10,341 Young Street. <clears throat> yep. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie, 10,341 Young Street. Also, you guys, um, you encourage people rather than to, if it's a big piece of furniture or a big antique or a big collection of something, you can say, just send us a picture through email. You can do it on your phone, really easy, just snap a picture and send it to the email address, sales at torontogoldsilver.com. That's sales at torontogoldsilver.com. And you guys are open regular work week hours. Yeah, we're, oh, nine to, yeah, we're nine to six. Oh, I forgot about the big news for my week. You just What's the big my, news? Sorry, we're getting a Bitcoin machine in. 
You're getting a Bitcoin machine? Because our clients with the gold and silver, we have a lot of clients. We're, we're right next to a, another great big gold silver place. And our whole way of making business just to sell it for less than he does. So people come into our store all the time. Sometimes they come in after they've bought and they're very disappointed. Sometimes they come in to compare prices like we tell people. Get to a pin, get two prices whenever you're buying something or mm. selling it. But now this week we're finding some people want to get sell their gold or silver or sell their other items and they don't want cash. They want Bitcoin for it or yes. some of the other crypto. So and the problem is is there's so many shady not shady, I can't say that in the rare air. There's some air you, you really have to get two prices. There's some places that are charging you 30% on top of the Bitcoin price. You have That's to, right, yeah. We want to treat, it's very hot right now, so there's a lot of you know uh, yeah. user fees and account setup fees and all of these middleman fees. A lot of people are complaining that, about that right yeah. now. Yeah, we want to try and keep those to a minimum or at least have something to someone compare. If they're charging you this much for Bitcoin, here's what it's actually going to cost you right now today. And we're finding that more and more of my clients – of, of large sums of money that they want to keep away from the banks, or they want to put whatever the reason is. You know, they just. Yeah, are you a bit? Are you a Bitcoin guy? Now I am. Oh, so you do have Bitcoin? Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, no, just a little bit. It's just you, you got to spread your risk out. You know, if you got, it's it's not like you don't want every. Even I, I believe in gold and silver. I don't think all of your money should be in gold and silver. Some in real estate, some in gold and silver. Obviously, some in comic books, but. Well, you know what I'm saying. I, you have to spread it out a tiny bit because who knows? I mean, there are people, if, if Bitcoin goes to $100,000, then I'm I'm happy for my clients. I'm happy. <laughs> you know? Of course, of course. Oh, speaking of which, we better get to the phone okay. lines. If you have a rare or interesting item that you'd like to know its value, maybe it's even obscure and no one's been able to identify it. Well, we have a guy in studio who's an expert in this. Sometimes he can just tell you based on some quick marks if it's a special piece, where it's from, who knows. He, well, this guy knows. That's who knows. Yep. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Lorraine in Cambridge. How are you? Huh? Hi. Um, I, I know collectibles are reduced in value, but I was wondering about, I have a Hummel um, nativity set, a complete with all the, you know, the, all the personages, and um, a, a, a stable, wooden stable. Is that... How old is it? Very now, much. No, okay. Now, what mark is it? Hummels have yes, different marks on the bottom. Hummel and some of their, there's something else, I forget what it is. Okay, on the bottom, there are, there are the B marks. They have a little bumblebee inside a V. Right, And yes. the, the mark that is on there, you can look it up online and actually find out what year your Hummel was produced. Okay. And in some cases, the older ones are more collectible. Now, Hummels have gone similar to the—that are following the path of Royal Deltons. Right. That they're coming down. But now, I'm not saying that they're, they're worthless, No. But I'm saying they're worth, la they're worth less than they used to be, right. and they're not as much a demand. This is from the 60s. 60s is not early, but it's still a nice time period. They're, hey, they're beautiful to look at. I can understand why people collect them. They've got soft colors. Right. They make you feel nice. You know, and this yeah. is, and I enjoy it. So. And you enjoy it. That's it. But you also should, um, and this is part of the purpose of the show, is to be able to tell your, um, if you're going to pass them down, you want to know what they meant to you and tell the story to your kids or our grandkids or whatever right. is happening or who are you passing them down to, what they meant to you and um, what value they have if they do. In case they do, don't say they want to sell them. Sure. This is what we want people to do is be able to actually say this, you know, tell them what the value is. 
uh, say, I've got this, this Hummel, and this is how come I bought it. You know what I mean? I think even more of, the pe- more of our listeners out there uh, should take pen to paper and write little stories about their stuff. Yes, I've heard you say that before. That's a, that's a good idea. Well, no, Yeah, we- I've heard him do this rap, too, when things aren't as valuable. He says, talk about what it means to you, because right. otherwise somebody might chuck them. But what is generally the do- dollar value of a 60s nativity scene from oh. Hummel? The Hummel figures are between 20, $25 and $75. A full scene, now you've got all of them? Yes. And what size are they? Because they come in different sizes. And cows and... Yeah, okay. That's, I think they're going for about $300. Oh, okay. And this is the time of year, you know. Yeah. Um, and but what, the real money in this is someone who's broken one piece. Some relative come over at Christmas time, breaks the, the, the lamb up or something like that, and has to replace it. Yeah. And that's why they have to buy it online, and they're buying the one piece to, uh, and hopefully grandma doesn't know the difference of what happened here, you oh, know. I do, I do have a, a wise man who has lost his head, and I glued it back on again. <laughs> Good guess, Paul. Good <laughs> guess. Can I ask you something else? Sure can. Um, a gibbered mahogany furniture, I really feel badly these days because it's from the rainforest wood. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't know that then, that we were destroying the rainforest. Yeah, and um, is there any value in that? Gibbard's an excellent name. I know, Canadian. but in in the world of furniture and antiques right now, brown wood is not selling. Oh. Now it's not selling as much. You can still it's still utilitarian. Like, I mean, I tell my kids, why go off to one of these big box stores getting right. something out of plastic? It's going to cost you four hundred twenty dollars, and you can get some. It doesn't look. It looks like it's from nineteen sixty, but a table is a table. You know, it's flat on one side and got legs. It's kind of useful that way. And why spend $800 on something, you know? And chairs are chairs. You're going to sit on it. And after you're sitting on it for a while, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be that big a deal. Unless you have lots of money. Like, But I'm saying that some people should be, the younger kids should be actually going to this antique market and buying some of the stuff because it's, it's a lot cheaper than going to the big stores. Now. Yeah, and Gibbard's a good name. I know you're where you are in Cambridge, but what number you are down in there, and if you're there sometimes? Oh, I'm there um, about once a week, uh-huh. or once every 10 days, and I have a booth at the very back, and uh, it's got records and comics in it, and but I don't have, and some nice, I have a piece of furniture in there right now from about 17, 1720. It's wow. um, uh, a, a, a chest. Um yeah, it's a chest. It's really, really nice. Probably the oldest piece in Cambridge right now, actually. Oh, like a bureau? And, no, it's a chest. It's, um, it's a sorry, box, um, yes, a blanket okay. box. A blanket box. Yeah, okay. And it came from Austria. But I, the stuff in Cambridge, they have stuff all over the map. They have furniture. Um, but And you can get good deals because the dealers know this, that if they have a, a dresser set and it's $400 and now they're only going to take $200 because that's what the market is. Otherwise, right. you end up paying for space for no reason. This is why there's deals out there. You know, but I'm out there and uh, sometimes you can call. Usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays and I drop in, but I'm like sometimes a lightning bolt. I'm in, out, and I got to just do what okay. I got to do. And All right. I try, Thank you very I, much. But if okay, you but see me. a good me, note for the listeners, they can now know where they can find you. Yeah. On a regular basis. Good. Good note. 
Yeah, and don't be shy. People say, I didn't want to come up and talk to you. They, I'm, I do not bite anymore, okay? <laughs> I don't. I'm always trying to be nice if someone wants to take a, uh, have a picture with me. And I'm still giving away half a million dollar Zimbabwe dollars to people who ask for them. They say, I've heard about you on Zoom or radio. Very generous, yes, yes. Handing out those beautiful defunct currency pieces to everybody. They are actually nice. I have one. I think I have a $500,000 one. They're cool, but yeah. It's yeah. a good reminder of why some people are buying Bitcoin in such uh, extraordinary numbers right now. Yeah. No, no, but this look what happened there. But, yeah, people can come up and see me, and I'll give them a half a million. You mentioned Zoomer Radio. I'm giving you a half a million dollars, okay? <laughs> uh, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live. Our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item or a collection of something, you're curious about its value. Uh, maybe it's toys or uh, vintage advertising, an old autograph. Maybe it's... a. Uh, uh, gold or silver, coins or jewelry, who knows? Anything you have that uh, might be lying around your basement, maybe it's an old piece of pottery, an old statue, who knows? You're curious about its value and how to move it? You can give us a call right now. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. And if you're out of town, it's toll-free. That number is 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction held every month is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Southworks Antiques, one of Canada's best antique malls, just got better by moving to a better location. Across the Grand River in Cambridge at 73 Water Street proudly stands the new Southworks Antiques. 25,000 square feet of antiques and nostalgia with an intriguing history for sale by over 100 vendors. Visit southworksantiques.com for directions. Then park free and check it out. It's a new beginning for a lot of old stuff at Southworks Antiques in Cambridge. Open every day of the year. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live. It's the show all about stuff. We have the star in studio, Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. He has found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, uh, identifying value that most people otherwise overlook. If you have an interesting item that you're curious about, maybe it's an old stamp collection, maybe it's old comic books, who knows? But you can give us a call 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Paul, our next caller is Audrey, and she's calling from Brampton. Audrey, how are you? Fine, how are you? Pretty good. And what do you have? I have a meat grinder. A meat a, grinder? Yeah. A meat grinder. It's a handle. Um, it's manual. And it's a keystone. One side says Boyer Town. Okay. It's got a, it's got a number zero one zero zero. Made out of cast iron. Uh, yeah. In nineteen forty, these were on everybody's uh, on the everybody's home had them. Making yeah. your own hamburger. It's not like today where we have everything pre-processed and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Remember back then you had the butcher on one. You had the fishmonger. You had the butcher. You had everyone. All these little shops that you going shopping was a pleasure, and you knew everybody was in the shops. Yeah. We don't have any of those anymore. No. I remember in I mean Brampton, 
the guy wouldn't sell the sausages until they were up there for two weeks. He says, oh. I will not sell a sausage before it's time. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but there, but there was character. There was things going on. You dealt with the owner, and he, and he took care of you. You wanted a certain cut. You got it that way. But right. these meat grinders, yeah, they were on every, a lot of people have them in their homes. Unfortunately, they're made out of cast iron or steel. Right. They're virtually indestructible, and um, they will last a long time, and there's a lot of them around. But they go for about between 10 to $20 How as much? a prop, and just people just have them there as a as a decoration type of thing. How much did you say? 10 to $20. Oh, I thought it'd be worth more than that. I know. Well, maybe if yours is more ornate, but you're saying so people would keep this as just a decorative item and say like a modern country or rustic kitchen. Yeah, R- yeah. Rustic kitchen, yeah. But a lot of people won't use them today because actually you, have to, you really have to know how to, well, I'm sure that you know how to clean your uh, dishes and stuff. Oh, yeah. But there are, the young folk today don't put as much time into cleaning and everything as we used to. No. Back what? Then. Sorry. Okay. I, well, Bashing my whole generation is uncleanly. Cl- We're the unwashed generation. Yeah, What's so, going on here? Sorry, but I know a lot of my listeners are going. Are saying are nodding their heads in agreement. And no, the people- no, no. We're the Lysol wipe generation. How dare you? But I do think that I feel like if you used a meat grinder, that you'd have to sanitize everything. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. how would no you problem. clean a meat grinder? Is how I don't even know how you would do that. Just put in a bucket of bleach. I don't know. See, you're this that, that generation. You just validated my point here. And most of our listeners are no, my not. My point is that I don't think, I think it'd be very difficult to clean them. I feel like, oh, you're saying the yeah. lazy. I thought you meant just in general, we're not yes. cleanly. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Is it dishwasher friendly? That's my question, Audrey. Yeah. No, they're not dishwasher friendly. <laughs> well, you wash them by hand and you soak them in hot, soapy water. Yes. Wait, did, Audrey, do you use this? Did you make sausage or something like that? I like have if, not long ago, but I gave it to my daughter. She hasn't now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she won't cool. She won't use it. She She'll use this decorated. It'll be on the wall somewhere, like with the coffee grinder. <laughs> but the, this, the younger generation doesn't do everything by hand now. They want someone to do it for them. They want the whole meal to show up. My daughter has the whole meals showing up at her house already cooked. All she has to do is add a little bit of heat. You yeah. know, she doesn't doesn't even know where the stuff comes from. But it's just yeah. my point here. And if we could find someone to add the heat, then we'd have it made. That'll be the yes, next step. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Audrey. Audrey, thank you for your phone call. Our next caller is going to be Ben from Oakville. Ben, how are you? Not too bad. What do you have? I got a British coin. It's a half penny, 1920 half penny with King George on it. And then it's got, you know, how in those days they wrote everything around the yep. coin in Latin. Yeah, now that. I like for- this. No, but this is a half penny from 1920. 1920 in English coins are not very old. Okay, uh, they have to go back into pre-Victorian, generally, or early Victorian, which is 1835, 37, 1840, to be worth any kind of money, or 1860s. Um, these 19- what if it's in really good shape? If it was in perfect shape, it might be worth $25. Okay, because- Is this graded, Ben? Is this a piece that you collected, or is it just something you happen to have? I've had it for years. Sitting in, I keep making a mistake with it. I keep wanting to hand it out. Uh, as a what do you call it, uh, loony, and I, you know, there's, there's, when you look at it, you can see there's a bit, it's shinier and everything. So, if you get a loony for it, you're not doing that bad. Okay, um, it, lo- it is the size of a loony, though. Paul, tell me about yeah. this coin. I don't know. This yeah, coin. no, it's uh, this point. This is a, one of about the same size. One of our large cents, which was made about nineteen. We stopped making in nineteen twenty, and we went to the small cents in nineteen twenty one. Now, this penny is about the size of a quarter. 
Um, Great Britain had a population back then of around 60, 70 million people. And their coinage, they, they were uh, a first world country that had coinage and they had collectors and they had, it's a, it was developed society. So people, there's a lot of them in good shape still around. Okay. If this was a 1920 penny from Bangladesh or a third world country, they didn't have coin collectors in those countries. And some of those in really good collections in good condition are very rare to get. But England has a very advanced coin collecting society, and your penny is worth probably a dollar, dollar and a half if it's in average shape. If it's in absolute mint shape and still red, still red the day it was printed, I mean minted, it might be worth $25, okay? Why would it have been red? Tell me, what do you copper. mean? He's saying it's the color of a loony. Oh, I see what you're saying, red, the copper color, gotcha. The okay. copper color. Right. Now, there yes, is... Yes, yes. Some some of them, do, copper does corrode if it's left out in the wrong kind of circumstances, and they go brown like everyone's seen those pennies. But we have, ba- we have bags of pennies from 1960s that inside the bag, you open it up, everything's as red as the day it was made. It's something to see. Copper's nice, actually. Ben, thanks for your call. Thank you for your time. S- Susan in Burlington is our next caller. Susan, good afternoon. You're live on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. I have a little platter, seven inches by four inches. And on the back, it says it was made in occupied Japan. I've okay. never come across that, so I don't know anything about it. Occupied what? Japan is from 1945 to about 1951. Okay. And you had two things. In, like you had you had made in U.S. zone Germany and made in occupied Japan. Because the Americans went over there, and they put that on there to get the economy going. Um, now, because say that you were you're the main country that the people want to sell to is the United States. You've just done a war with Japan. A lot of people are not going to buy Japanese products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so, so popular. So when they put Occupy Japan on, that's like they're saying, this is actually USA Japan. Oh, so, okay. I mean, so what happens then is that they can export the United States and they created jobs. They wanted to get the economy going there again. You know what I mean? They yeah, want, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was not like today where somebody was... It's, the USA first, they were actually benevolent. They say, okay, you're defeated. We want, we, we know if you don't have any money and you can't eat, you're going to have a lot of problems. You might go communist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they want the country to get back on its feet and sell to the Americans or where else in the world. And it, it lasted all the way up until about 1951, Occupied Japan. Now, in the 70s, there was a big collection. A lot of collectors started collecting it. Okay. Because they thought it was a lot, it was rare. And, but it was like, it was China that was decorated by kids again and stuff like that, eh? There's some initials on it. I wonder if you would know what they are. It's SGK. SGK might be the manufacturer, but also might be the person who painted it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so generally, do people collect these because of the political uh, implications, or is this a piece that would sell because it's beautiful? Paul, it, which is it? Yeah, pl- it more just collecting Occupied Japan, and people would collect all the Occupied Japan they could. But now it's out of favor. It's not as collectible. Um, and it's the piece that used to sell for $40 might sell for 10 or 15 today. It's still worth money. I don't know what the motif's on and how nicely it's decorated, yeah, but that's the story roses. behind it. You know what yeah, I mean? Roses are uh, around there. Yeah. The gold filigree and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's happening in today's market, and I'm going to go a little bit further, is that the Chinese are now the new buying power. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese are buying their stuff. The okay. Chinese are not buying Japanese stuff. Hmm. Okay. Now, I've got, like a, I've got a Japanese bronze urn 
that was probably worth $10,000 in 1990, and I can't sell for 3000 today because it's Japanese. If it was Chinese, I could get 30000 for it. Wow, incredible, hey? No, because the Chinese are buying up their stuff and repatriating it to China and, and buying it up. But they're not, but they are actually, there's an adverse reaction. If, if a Chinese person comes into my store and they say it's Japanese, I can't sell it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, They'll they buy English. different heritage, and uh, there's some tensions there. There's it makes some sense, tensions. right? They don't want to buy another country's heritage. I get that. No, but they'll buy English. I, I sold yesterday a set of Coalport uh, Batwing to someone from China. They're bringing it back to China. Uh, it's cool. English. Um, they paid $500 for uh, six cups and saucers. They're happy. I'm happy. Um, so some of the China, some dishes are still very are valuable, but it's mainly because we're exporting them. And that's why I talk all the time about cups and saucers. And we've had a number of clients bring them in. They'll bring in 20, and I'll say two are good and um, 18 are bad. But I'll, you know, but the, the two that are good end up being worth money, and they're saying they're very happy. Rather than getting $5 for them, I give them $75. Very nice. All right, Susan, thank you for your, for your phone call. Bye-bye. Uh, Dan from Scarborough is our next caller. Dan, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Pretty good. And what do you have? I have, it's in a frame, and my dad used to call it a cameo. Okay. It's a black oval sunk in the frame, and it's of a lady with a veil okay. kind of dress dancing Okay. something in her hands. If it's black, okay. Originally, cameos were in gold frames. Oh, sorry. No, I know what you're talking about right here. In, originally, the cameos were shells. And they would have a shell where they have a pink and white under the shell, like an abalone shell. Okay. And they would carve away the part that wasn't what they didn't want to have in the shell. And they would have usually was women's faces, um, the three graces, um, yeah. certain scenes. But it would usually be pink and white. If it's black, it's generally a check glass. And they made them in taglio where, the, picture, where it's, the image is carved out or cameo uh, where it's out, where it's... Or, uh, yeah, the I'm girl saying this is right. out of the background. Yeah. Now, if it's black and white glass, it's probably Czech glass, probably 1960s. Um, and it was a cheaper way of doing the cameos because cameos all had to be done by hand. And they, okay. these were done by machine. Okay, now, there's, there's, go ahead. there's one more important part here. Okay. On the back, there's a gold sticker that says Picture Department, T. Eaton Company. I don't think that Eaton's was T. Eaton in the 60s. Oh, it might have been a little early. You know, they, uh, okay, 50s. Okay. Call me a liar for 10 years. Okay. On, um, they did make them for after the war, the glass thing. On, um, if the frame is, a lot of the time, though, what's happening with those, if they're in a gold frame, we melt the gold because it's worth more for the gold than it is for the piece of costume jewelry. Oh. Because if it was glass rather than cameo and even some of the shell ones unless they're really nice if they've got any kind of chips on them we do not repair them we'll just take them out of the gold or go, and they're usually in 18 karat gold or they'll be in uh in silver sometimes if they're in silver we'll leave them in silver because there's only about three dollars worth of silver in one of cameos but they can be two hundred dollars worth of gold and if the cameo sells for a hundred or two hundred which one would you rather have most people pick the two hundred yeah okay I think I would pick the 200. Welcome so, so to the wait, club. Okay. What do you believe his is worth? 
If it's in gold, depending on the size, it'll about be tell be too. I have to see it, and I apologize for that, but I have to see if what the image is like. It can be collectible if it was, uh, but if it's just a pretty lady, which is always nice to see. Yes. But there's a lot of them out there, and if it is check glass, it's going to be worth thirty, forty dollars. Okay. Yeah, because they made a lot in exporting. Checks were fair enough. The checks with Moser glass and people like that made a lot of nice glass. Dan, thanks for your phone call. Our next caller will be Carmen. Carmen's coming from Toronto, and I'm told he has some coins. Carmen, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Not bad. What do you have? I have some silver $1 coins. They are uncirculated. They're 1963, 65, and 66. $11. Um, Wait, what? No, no, I know what the rate is. How many does she have? No, each, each. Oh, no, okay, now hold on. I'm going to tell you right now, just do my calculations. Sorry, I didn't do this in advance. Uh, Twenty. So, Carmen, I think what he's going to calculate here is to tell you that you're in the money when it comes to old coinage, uh, quarters, things like that. Before 1967, they were, uh, what, 80 silver. to 90% silver. Yeah. So that's why he's saying per coin you're looking at about 11 bucks. 11. I'm sure right now, yeah, well, he's going to tell you to the penny. 11.15. 11.15. And how many do you have? I have over 100. Well, that's right, 1100 that's a lot of money then. <laughs> yeah. You bring so them on in. Yeah, so they're worth about $11.15 a piece. Yeah, now I'm going to say that you can get a second opinion, but don't, like, this is why I tell people about those, um, those weekend warriors who are in the hotels and stuff. They'll try and pay you $5. Okay. And you're, you're talking about the traveling circuses that, yeah. that do yeah. antiques and you come in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. I have also. Uh, uh, the silver dollar, it's a proof set, and it's uh, from 1960 to 1974. What would they be worth? Okay, 1960 to 1967. No, it's 1974. Oh, oh, the right, dollar. Right, breaking up the, the collection. Oh, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Do you have more than one set, or is this one set? Um, I have about one set of each from That's 1960 a, okay. to 1974. Okay. 1960s worth about $45. 1961s worth about $35. And after you get past that, 62 to 67, they're worth the silver value in them. And each one has 1.1 ounces of silver in each set. Okay? So they're worth approximately $22. Now, once you get past 67, you get into 68 through 71, mm-hmm. they, uh, there's a dollar eighty-five in coins. Mm-hmm. We sell them for two twenty-five, and you can have as many as you want. Um, $2.20. They're not worth it. They're, they're worth just the, the, the coinage that's in them. They look nice. Give them to your kids. By the time you've got great grandkids, they might be worth some money. But right now, they're, they're worth the worth silver. Twenty-five. There's, yeah, there's no silver in them. And uh, but your other sets you did really well with. Mm-hmm. But those sets, anything after 1968, uh, the only set that's worth any kind of money they made in short supply. Short uh, supply was 1991. Oh, the no, rest no, of them are like we sell them for, in our store for collectors. We sell them for six, seven dollars. You know what I mean? Story with 1991, by the way. There's a, I think there's a dime or something that's a little bit rare. Uh, okay. Um, can I just ask you another quick question? Sure. How about um, fur coats? Fur coats are tough. Um, certain places, uh, a coat that you paid ten thousand dollars for, you might get three to four hundred dollars today for. Oh my! Wow. God. Okay, now you might get, if it's a full-length, beautiful mink yeah. in a right size, and it's not can't be petite, and it can't be 
a humongous. No, it's, 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 a, it's a white mink. Oh, okay. Some of those... There is some demand for the you know, unique ones, like the full black minks and stuff. You can get up to a thousand, but they would white mink would would it, would it cost you fifteen thousand dollars back then? Um, no, it, it cost it, it. It was less than that, but it was expensive. Expensive, it's full length, practically. Yeah, you're going to get about ten cents on the dollar on on the fur coats. What's um, going on with that market? Is it just politically you're not supposed to wear fur? Or what? Politically, oh. and what happened was a lot of people did get them back in the 60s and 70s out of fashion, and they'd rather get their money for it. They're not wearing them anymore, and mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. have gained weight since they bought the coat. Mm-hmm. Their, their husband <laughs> bought them when they were Savelt and before three children, and <laughs> after that, the coat doesn't fit anymore. So there's Right, the coat shape. becomes a scarf, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. But my wife, actually, I had a fox coat, and when I first met her, she threw it out. Okay. Why? Because of the animal stuff? I don't know. My, just, my wife just did that. I, don't, I, don't, I'll get into, I have to go home today. I don't want to say anything more. Oh, Carmen, thank you for your phone call. Yeah, thank you. Okay, our next caller. And by the way, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live. If you have a rare or interesting item or uh, something you're looking to sell and wondering what it might be worth, our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Scott is calling from Toronto. Scott, what do you have? Uh, I've got a, a radio that looks like an old telephone. It was made by the Guild Radio and TV Corporation. It's called the Country Bell, model 556, and it's still got the label on it, and it still works. I don't know this one. Oh, but Country Bell with B-E-L-L-E, not, uh, not Bell Canada. Uh, no, it's made, by, uh, it's made by the Guild Radio and TV Corporation. Yep, they're selling for around two hundred, between seventy-five and two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. And it depends on what kind of what kind of condition that's in. Oh, it's mint. So okay, and it still has the label on it. And yeah, and it works. But the reason I say the condition is I mentioned this on the show, and I I, I want to mention it again, people, if you have something, don't put money into repairing or cleaning anything until you do have an idea what it'd be worth in the other in the. If you put $500 into it and you end up with a $200 radio, that's not a good investment. No, that's not at all. <laughs> but if yours is in good shape, you don't have to do it. But I just want to mention that because I mention every week and someone says, I just cleaned this. I just got my watch cleaned for $250. How much is it worth? And I tell them $60. And they're, I hate to be the bad news, but I said, you should not have cleaned it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's so, uh, so. What do you think it was worth? Oh, in good shape. They're probably about two hundred dollars. Two hundred. Because it's it's the wall ones. Country Bell Guild. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen fifty six tube radio. Um, they're kind of cool. Yeah. This is kind of that country look, and there are a lot of cottages or a lot of man caves this could go into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like an old phone, so it's really it's yeah. really a nice looking piece. So. Well, the old ones go for about three hundred dollars, and you have to wire them, and they don't work, and they don't—they sound not—they don't sound great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank we you. We should take a quick break. Uh, all right. So, uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Scott in Toronto. Our phone number is four one six three six zero zero seven forty. That's four one six three six zero zero seven forty. If you're out of town, it's toll free. You can call one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And uh, Christy will be first on the line when we return. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. 
The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Hi, Paul Kenny here, Consignment Hero. Boxes are truly amazing things. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they do a remarkable job of storing your stuff. And the folks at Mississauga Cartons know how important it is to find the right box. For over 35 years, they've provided thousands of satisfied customers with a wide range of packaging, boxes, and shipping materials. I use them. So should you. Mississauga Cartons. Check them out at mississaugacartons.com and be a hero like me. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live and fielding your phone calls in studio. We have an expert named Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. He's an expert in collectibles and rare items that uh, most people might overlook their value. And, Paul, we should get back to the phone lines. We're sort of backlogged today. Christy from Milton. Christy, what do you have? I have um, my grandmother's china. Okay. On the back of it in green, it says Geo France. And then in red, it says C.H. D.H. Field. Okay, Theo Havilland. Havilland Limoges, made in France. And then under it, there's a um, E. Toronto Winnipeg with a number. Okay, that was probably, it was distributed by uh, Eaton's, and that Eaton's in Canada, and they put it in Eaton's Winnipeg. Now, with these Limoges, France, okay, this is a, there's about seven good factories, and this is one of the good factories in. Now, depending on what kind of motif is on what I'm saying, the flowers on it. Mm-hmm. Now, they made a company called, um, uh, they made a pattern called, like, Bridal Wreath. And they have, like, the pink little flowers and purple and stuff, very collectible. And they can be 75 to $150 a place setting. Then you've got other patterns that um, they made them to order. For the people in Eaton. So say, I'm going to take you back to 1945 for a minute. And we've got Eaton's on one side, you got Simpson's, and you got Ashley's. Now, they're going to make the same kind of china set. There's a factory over there in France, and what they're doing, they make one that's very saleable, but they can't sell the same one to Eaton's that they're selling to Simpson's because those people get mad. Right. So what they do is they've changed one of the flowers, or they put a little bit border different. And then they got Ashley's as well, and they got to say, well, you're a big customer as well, and we're going to change this. So what's happening is people get very similar patterns, okay? And they would put them out for two, three years, okay? And you would give them to your kids or you'd start collecting it and then they'd discontinue the pattern and they want you to buy something else, okay? okay? Now, this is why a company in the United States, Replacements, has done a lot of business. They were buying up these patterns and you could, if you broke one dish, they would give you the exact pattern. There'll be a number on the bottom of it, okay? Mm-hmm. But going back... So they would have these patterns for, like, say, yours is the Eaton's pattern, and it was well distributed. And if they went, if the pattern kept on selling well, like Coalport Indian Tree, they would, it came out for 45 years. So there's a lot of people have it. Now, in your pattern, like we're going to say the, the, the Limoges, it might be one they made for one season, didn't sell so well, cleared out. Not a, people, a lot of people have it. So that means not people want it anymore. Okay. So the, depending what the pattern is, it will sell for a lot or little. But if it's only made for one year, it's going to sell for just a little. 
This is a case where rarity is not going to help you because you've got rarity of pattern and you've got rarity of collectors. Okay, but you want something that was made for 10 years or 15 years. This is why people have to bring the china in and we try and help them out with it. Now, what we can do is we can actually accurately describe and label what your china is. We actually know what some of the patterns, they, they won't be a name on, but I might know what your pattern is right away just by seeing it. Okay, they've got, it's got a gold uh, rim, and then there's kind of like um, double horseshoes, and in the middle there's a... Okay, you're going to have, you know this one here? Your powers of description are not going to help us here. I need pictures. Okay, I can do more in 10 seconds with a picture than with your described. Nothing against you, but I will see it because I'm going to say, going back to my story about Eaton, Simpson, and Ashley's all having these different things, they're the slightest little flower. It'll be one little sprig that's different on them, and that's what they all did say. Well, so they would say, you've got the exclusive one. So what happened when they did that is if you were buying it and, you, and you're kids wanted to buy you another pattern, you had to go back to Eaton's to buy it. You could not buy your pattern in Simpsons. As much as you'd mm. look for it, you couldn't buy it in Simpsons, you couldn't buy it at Ashley's, okay? You had to go back to Eaton's, and it was kind of them being a little bit greedy and making sure they kept you as a customer. How's that? Okay. Let me see so wait, it later now, on. Christy, the week. If you're good with a smartphone, by the way, you can snap a picture of whatever the pattern is and yeah. send it to Paul. He can get eyes on. So if you have your smartphone, grab a couple pictures of this pattern and email it directly to, this is the email address, sales at torontogoldsilver.com. And that goes for anyone out there who wants to get uh, Paul's eyes on something. It's sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Okay, great. And where is where are you located? We're in, uh, I've got a place in Cambridge, and I have a place in Richmond Hill, and we're looking at another place. We're looking at expanding. I just, just one address will be fine, though, Paul. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 10,341 Young Street. See, that's why Ben's here. He knows to keep me in check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just wants to know where to go, not uh, the expansion plans. But okay, at 10,341 Young Street, that's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. But if you send uh, an image to him first, he can tell you if it's even worth the drive or if maybe he'll be swinging your way in the next few weeks and maybe he can come to you. Okay. okay well, thank you very much for your help. No problem. Christy, uh, thank you for your phone call. Paul is our next caller. Paul from Stony Point? Where's Stony Point? It's near Windsor. Oh, okay. wow. great to have you. Okay, it's in my, it was my father's gold watch. It says Gruen yep. Precision 21. It's square, and it says it says on it very thin. Uh, and then in the back it says 10, 10 carat gold filled. Okay. And then there's a number, like uh, oh, 0436. Okay. Now, here's the difference. on When it says gold filled, that means it's going to be one-tenth of, ten, say it's 14 carat, be okay. one-tenth of 14 carat. Okay, we still buy it, but instead of paying you uh, $26 per gram, you're going to get approximately $2 a gram, okay? okay. Uh, but if it was gold, and but Gruen watches, now being a gold-filled watch and being a Gruen and being ultra-thin, it might have a value as a watch. Now, it's, uh, he sent me off a picture, we get the model number, I'll tell you the price, and then we can tell you if it's worth fixing, if it's not working. Because, or the crystal's in good shape. Now, what kind of band do you have on it? A gold fill band or a leather band? Oh, it was a replacement band. Okay, okay. And, you know something, if you're going to pass it down, nice to know what it's worth. Gruen made great watches. But the wristwatch uh, um, post-Apple days are not as popular as they used to be. How's that? Where were they Fair made? Enough. It doesn't say the country where they made it. Uh, Gruen would be Switzerland. Switzerland, 
Okay, I think. All right, thanks for your call, Paul. Our next caller is Wilma, and Wilma is calling from Markham. Oh, and another person with an old coin. Wilma, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. I have an old coin. I just wonder if it's of any value at all. It's a United States half dollar. What year? On the face of the, the coin, it says a Liberty, 1974. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's worth, 50, it's worth 65 cents. I'm sorry? It's worth sixty-five cents really? um, in Canadian money. In Canadian um, money. But we we have a number of people bring me their Canadian their U.S. change because we actually pay a slight premium on it, not as much as you can get in the states. Right. But more than the banks, the banks will only give you your flat-out money. If you bring them a thousand dollars in quarters, U.S. quarters, they give you a thousand dollars. We give people eleven hundred dollars. Ah. Okay, because we take them down on uh, and a lot of people like. Bank tellers and stuff like that will have uh, uh, rolls of American money. They just when they come into the banks, they'll keep the American money out. Right. I, wait a minute. I I, I had a call. Very much. Wilma, you know, Wilma, were you named before the Flintstones or after the Flintstones? I'm sorry. Were you you know about the Flintstones, right? Yes, I do. Were you? I know you. If you were if you were young during then, it must have been hard. It must have been hard. Were you named before or after the Flintstones came out? Well. You're not going to tell me, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not hearing very well, and um, I thank you very much okay. for that information. Thank okay, you. Thank you have you. a good day. Bye. If I had to guess, I'd say you were, you're probably right, probably prior to, and then she had to live through okay. Wilma. Yes, yes. yes. Well, either uh, you're a Betty person or a bad Wilma person. That's how it was when you were We want to get to as many calls as we can, but we're up against the top of the hour. But if you got a quick one, we can sneak you in. 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Of course, Paul Kenny is the star of the show from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. Uh, after the show is done, I mean, you can still get all this information you can visit paul at his store it's located at 10341 young street in richmond hill just north of major mckenzie the store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-GOLD. You can also send images for him to look at and tell you what you've got, what it might be worth. Send those emails, take a picture, and send it through email to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. He also has a YouTube page where he posts a lot of uh, short videos about some of the more interesting things that he comes across. You can look him up on YouTube, look for the word Paul Kenny, and you'll see him as one of the people. He's got about 50 videos up of all the different things that he has. Uh, Dave from Etobicoke is our next caller. Dave, how are you? Oh, good. Thank you. I just, I have this, uh, it's a stainless steel novelty pocket knife. It's got Avril Arrow Limited stamped on the side. Now, is it from the time period or made after the fact? Oh, no, it's from the time period. Well, that'd be good. Okay. On, it's got an image on it or is it just the name? No, it's just the name and it has John Watts, England, Sheffield, England stamped on the back, stainless steel. <sighs> As a souvenir, if it was given away in the factory and you could prove that, um, you have to do a little bit of research on it. Probably about a hundred, hundred fifty dollar knife because a lot of people collect Avril stuff. I was at an auction the other day; they had the old model kit, and I think the model kit was worth seventy five dollars from an old model um, Avril, eh? Yes. Yeah, no, but that the people are collecting that stuff, and if it's it's how we talk on the show sometimes. If something is contemporary to when it was, if that was put out in in nineteen late fifties when the Avril was out. Good. If it was put out in 1970s to commemorate it, 
Not so good, okay? No, uh, my neighbor, he gave it to me. His mother worked there. Perfect. Okay, now you've got a bit of the provenance. I'm going to say it's probably $100 knife, maybe 150 Great, great. It's an excellent shape, excellent, shiny, nice, clean. And if you're passing this along, make sure that you, like I say, write the story of where you got it, that she worked there. You know, that's what, that helps us. When I go, go to a collection, I always like to know the stories behind the stuff. Okay. It's always better if someone's written it down because oh, sometimes yeah. you forget. Yes. But if you know that's exactly where it came from, this is a perfect type of piece of memorabilia. One other thing, uh, yep. his mother had original model, but when he was young, he was playing with it, and he broke it. He threw it down the stairs and smashed it. He would have given that to me, too, but he broke it back then. <sighs> he just cost you 75 bucks, that kid. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, we see that stuff, and like uh, old model kits and stuff, especially if they haven't been made up, it's like um, there are people out there who don't drink booze. They buy bottles of booze, and they keep them sealed, and they buy old model kits, and they don't make them up. And sometimes I don't understand that, but to my, for my collecting web people, that's the perfect type of stuff. The unopened packages, yep. that's something that's old store, like old new stock, we call it. Something from 1960s, if you've got an unopened box of, say, detergent from 1945, it's probably worth $25. Hmm. People use it as country collectibles. People have stuff in their basements. I keep on saying, I love it when I get to a person's basement. I mean, the, the stuff upstairs is kind of nice, but the real surprises are in the basement. That's where the lottery tickets are. That's where the tickets they right. haven't cashed them yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And the stuff that's been, and then, I don't know how many times I hear that. That old thing, what could that be worth? I says, uh, probably $400. And they say, well, I'm glad I didn't throw it out, you know? But is that what, uh, yeah, otherwise, that's probably what happens to a lot of this stuff. People don't understand what it is or think, it, you know, how do I sell it? What do I do? It's just old junk. I'll chuck it out, you know? Yes. That's what we. we but, uh, you know, Paul, tell me about the, you know, the Avro Arrow. There's so much mystique there and all the, you know, conspiracy theories that one was never dismantled. But they did a pretty good job marketing. I'd say once a month somebody calls in and goes, you know what I've got? I've got a package of all these photos of the Avro Arrow yep. uh, in a hangar. And I think it was done by a spy agency. You say, no, they send these out by the tens of thousands. It was a promotional thing at the time. Yeah. Uh, but with the pens, you're saying the pen is more rare if it's from that time period. Oh, yeah. That surprises me because they really did market the Avro Arrow to the whole country, really. Yeah, but not the, even the marketing. I like the stuff that the public's not supposed to get. Like someone who works, say that someone worked like this um, collection of CDs, that person like worked in the a, office. someone who stole a joystick out of the bed? Yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, someone would, who stole a nose cone. Now you're talking money. That would be perfect. But it happens. A lot of people in their jobs, they think of it. They've been there for 20 years, and they don't think about this stuff being worth anything. It's like it's like a bank teller or something. They have all rolls of coins or the flat bills. They've seen millions of these bills. What could they possibly be worth? And I tell them they're worth $6,000 because they have a perfect flat bill from 1935, $50 bill. And I say it's worth $6,000. And they say, that old thing? You know? Yeah. And yeah. this is where, this is why I'm trying, with the, with the idea of the show is to tell people some of the stuff that they think is ordinary, the rest of the world would love to have. That they, it's sitting on a wall and they, they've sit in a safety deposit box or, or grandfather gave it down to him and yeah, he worked in that bank or he worked in that mine and you know what I mean? And they, yeah, here's his old pay stub and here's his old clearance card or whatever it is. Some of that stuff could become collectible depending on what the place was. Yeah, yeah. But and I, but now I know we're getting we're running out of show before we're running out of time. Running out of show again. I want to tell people we have silver and gold. 
Our, our place is called Toronto Gold Silver. I actually have silver and gold, and we have the cheapest prices. Of, I know that was awkward how I did that. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear you. <laughs> we have the A lot cheapest, of people still disconnect, yes. We have the cheapest prices of silver on in all of Toronto right now. We're selling one-ounce bars for $1.50 over spot. Next week, we'll talk about the spot. The spot is the price that everyone has to pay. The premium. We're keeping the premiums super low this week. So if you want to give the grandkids something nice... Give them a shiny piece of gold or silver. They'll appreciate it later, okay? The store is Toronto Gold Silver at 10,341 Young Street. Thank you very much. Thank you for the listeners. And by the way, uh, we are going to be live even on Christmas Eve. So if you're used to having us as part of your Sunday afternoon, we will be there for you next Sunday, live, 1 to 2 p.m. So uh, Paul will talk to you soon. And a special thanks to Sebastian Hearn, the show producer. And thank you, everybody, and have a good time. Bye. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.